This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Sup, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. And as you can tell by that truncated version of this intro, we got a breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Let's go on over to that home daycare center and get to Ryan Callahan. And Ryan, if you could be so kind as to tell the good people why we are having another breaking news edition of this Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Yeah, Tennessee has made another addition to its 2024 recruiting class, this time adding four-star wide receiver Braylon Staley of Aiken, South Carolina. He picks Tennessee over Miami and North Carolina, uh, coming off an official visit to North Carolina last weekend. Um, Really, this one was pretty much done by the end of his official visit to Tennessee the weekend of June 16. He talked about coming out of that visit, possibly shutting down his, his recruitment, not taking any more visits you know south carolina had talked with him about getting him to a camp that following week he had the official visit to north carolina scheduled didn't know coming out of the tennessee visit if he was going to take that decided by early last week to go ahead and take that visit but it wasn't enough to change anything and and tennessee remained uh remained the pick coming out of his weekend with the tar heels so uh nice pickup here a top 247 prospect uh a, a six foot or so wide receiver in the 180 pound range who I, on film looks like he plays a, a little bit bigger than six feet, uh, kind of similar to former Tennessee commitment J.J. Harrell in that regard. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people will look at this as sort of a J.J. Harrell replacement in Tennessee's class, given that Harrell had just decommitted from the Vols a few weeks before. So uh, it makes sense in that regard. They're both top 247 players uh, as well. So uh, that I, I, can, I can certainly see that. And they do have at least some similarities in their game. Um, you know, Harold is a, or I'm sorry, Staley is a track guy in addition to playing football. So you like that doesn't have, uh, doesn't have recorded verified elite track times, but still a, a good runner and, and, and good speed. Then that shows up on film. So there's a lot to like here. Uh, and, and Clemson was the favorite for a long time in this one. They were the crystal ball favorite, uh, even this week leading up to his announcement. So this is a nice pickup for Tennessee for, for a lot of reasons. Uh, a guy that Clemson obviously could have ended up taking. They got a couple higher ranked receivers in this class uh, in early June that sort of, you know, made it difficult to envision Staley being uh, being in Clemson's class and uh, and complicated things there. And and Tennessee was a strong contender even before that. So I think the Vols had a chance of beating out the Tigers, maybe even if even if things hadn't gotten more complicated for them. So uh, nice win for for Tennessee and for wide receivers coach Kelsey Pope going into South Carolina again, much like with Mazio Bennett, even though that one didn't stick back in the fall. Um, but going into that state and, and getting a, I, I think a really good player. So nice, uh, nice first commitment again at that position 
and, and a, a nice win over some quality programs, including Miami, which which also really liked Staley. Yeah, I guess that'll be the the, the first thing is um, <clears throat> getting a wide receiver cl- uh, commitment to stick in this class. That's been uh, they they've got certainly gotten some, uh, and they hope that this one sticks. Um, but but this one, Ryan, I, you mentioned a little bit. The first thing I was going to ask when people go to his profile, the first thing they're going to see is that. Um, other than his ranking and everything, is they're going to look at the top right corner there of the page on twenty four seven Sports, and they're going to see, huh? Why, why are all these people saying that he's going to Clemson? What 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 figures there? Could Clemson still have taken him, or would it just have been a bit too complicated with everything going on now with some of the receivers they've gotten? Yeah, I, 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 it doesn't sound like he was a take for Clemson right now, and that's uh, that's why you saw those Clemson crystal ball picks. And uh, in full disclosure, we're recording this before. Um, Braylon Staley announces uh, his decision Friday afternoon. So um, it, it's always possible there could be a late run on crystal ball picks that by by the time you hear this, that, that might have changed. But as of late this week, Clemson was still the crystal ball favorite. And that's that's why you saw that, because Clemson for months was the perceived favorite. And, and I think that that was fair. They were they were legitimately in good shape with him. Um, at the same time, I heard I heard from some people throughout the spring that that Tennessee was maybe in good shape with Braylon Staley, even though. Um, some people in South Carolina thought Clemson might be the team to beat, but yeah, this was a uh, this was a situation where Clemson was was always a factor leading up to the official visit. Um, but he took his official visit with along with everyone else that visited Clemson the, this month during that first weekend in June. They have all their official visitors for the month in that one weekend, and coming out of that weekend, they got a couple other really highly ranked receivers, including Bryant Wesco, a, a Tennessee target out of Texas, and uh, and and those guys committed, and essentially it became a a situation where where Clemson only would have taken some guys like Mike Matthews, the five star that Tennessee is heavily involved with out of Georgia. Um, you know, they would, there's a scenario where Clemson could maybe take another receiver, but Braylon Staley wasn't wasn't in that you know must take kind of group where they would force the issue just to to add him. So I, I don't take that as a knock at all on Staley. I, I think he's a really good player. Just one of those situations where they got a couple really top of the board guys and uh, and couldn't didn't want to take him anymore because they're not planning to load up on receivers in this class. Tennessee in a different situation. They want to take four wide receivers in this class if they can get them. So, uh, so Staley is a, is a no question take and has been for a while for Tennessee. And and again, a, a really good player who I think is a you know really a, at least rankings wise and and just ability wise right now and how well he could fit into Tennessee's system. Uh, I, I think a, a nice replacement for what they what they previously had in, in JJ Harrell, who's now committed to Mississippi State after decommitting from the Vols a few weeks ago. So this is a um, yeah that even though you're not technically beating out Clemson here at the end, it came down to Tennessee, North Carolina, and Miami. Uh, It's definitely fair to say Clemson, there there was a a long stretch there where they probably would have taken him and and that Clemson always liked Braylon Staley quite a bit. So, uh, you know, take that how how you want, but regardless, Tennessee beat out some good programs to, to get Staley. And, uh, and this is a really nice win for the balls. I know that the, when you look at, at the situation with the player being sort of his size, you could see a guy like that, lining up just about anywhere right like at that size if you are physical enough or you're talented enough you can play inside you can play outside when you watch this kid what do you think uh, he ends up you know more of an inside or outside guy or flexible guy or and how do you think Tennessee maybe sees him yeah I think Tennessee and this is kind of what he indicated coming out of his official visit to Knoxville too he he, he basically said what what you said that they they could kind of play him everywhere um, and that might not even be limited to just outside or slot. Uh, you know, he, he kind of mentioned that maybe even 
uh, in the backfield at times or something like that. He, he's just one of those guys that has the build and skill set where you could could get in the ball and you know just about anywhere and and he could he could fit in there just fine. So I, I think I think Tennessee could get a little creative with him maybe, but you know still still just a wide receiver. I mean I think I don't think there's any multi position versatility here or anything like that, but but definitely a wide receiver that that can do anything basically and. And again, you know, much like J.J. Harrell, who's around six feet and, and kind of plays bigger than that, so you could see him being an outside receiver potentially. I think Staley is a six-foot guy who, based on his height, you might say that's a slot guy. And, and, and I've seen him in person. He's not the not the biggest guy, um, but he he plays a little bit bigger than that. I think on on film, at least that's that's my take on him. You see him you see him making a lot of good plays, kind of down the sideline and in the corner of the end zone. Uh, I, I think he he's one of those guys that that has the the catch radius of a guy bigger than six feet. So you you could easily envision him playing outside, and and you see that with a lot of receivers around six feet uh, sometimes. So he's not just a slot guy. Definitely someone that Tennessee could kind of play uh, anywhere uh, in, in its offense, and that's that's often how they handle those guys anyway. Although we saw Jalen Hyatt mostly stick in the slot last year, um, they're they're usually kind of cross training those guys, trying to get them ready to play to play a little bit of everything. And I think you'll certainly see that with Braylon Staley uh, once he arrives in Knoxville. And and what made Tennessee sort of click with him? Obviously, even if things hadn't gone the way they did with Clemson, you know, he, the, the, he may have ended up at Tennessee anyway. It seemed like the relationship with the coaches there was strong. I mean, was this a Kelsey Pope special here? Who else got involved in this? I, I imagine if you're an offensive player, you know, Heupel's getting involved at some point too, uh, maybe even Halsley a little bit. Who all got involved in this with Tennessee? Yeah, as you said, kind of multiple guys. They, they'd sort of take a team approach a lot of times with even, you know, grad assistants and analysts helping out mm-hmm. with some of those guys. And, yeah, Kelsey Pope was definitely the uh, the, the lead recruiter in this one and, and did a nice job with Staley over the past several months. He, he didn't visit Tennessee for the first time until the weekend of April 1st for, for the Vols' first spring scrimmage. Uh, but that visit kind of you know pretty quickly made Tennessee one of the teams to beat and, and a legitimate contender um, after after they were you know in the mix before that. But I think he didn't really know what to think of Tennessee before that visit and, and came away really liking Tennessee. And it looked from that point on like Tennessee was definitely going to get an official visit and 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 had a real shot. And you know this spring when Tennessee's coaches were on the road, um, both Pope and offensive coordinator Joey Halsley, as you mentioned, uh, went to his school to to watch him. They, they saw him run track and. Uh, and a practice one afternoon and, and do some other things. So they uh, got a good read on him and, and liked him the whole way and, and felt, I think, optimistic about their chances going into the month of June. So, uh, you know, as, as time went on, it, he obviously became an even more realistic possibility for Tennessee. And uh, it, it's not not hard to see, you know, it, it, going into this month, he looked like one of the more realistic options for Tennessee. It was, it was always going to be, you know, one of those positions where it's like, okay, let, let, let's wait and see how things look in a few weeks is Bryant Wesco realistic? Is, you know, is Braylon Staley realistic? Do they do they make a stronger push for Terrell Anderson? We knew there were some other wide receivers who were going to visit, but going into this month, he looked like one of the best options for Tennessee, and that, that's obviously how it played out. So, um, nice nice win here for Tennessee, though, and they they certainly built some strong relationships with him that made him feel pretty comfortable in Knoxville after just one visit this spring, and, and I think the official visit to to Tennessee really, you know, I think before the end of that visit, he pretty he pretty much knew he wanted to wanted to play for the Vols and just kind of took that official visit to North Carolina to to follow through on that one and just to make sure that he wasn't making a premature decision. How would you sort of rate the 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 track speed? I know it's I know it's not verified or anything in terms of, of some of these things, but how when when you look at this kid, how would you 
translate sort of that track speed to the football in pad speed? Because those are, as anyone who knows football knows that those are two very different things. I mean, some guys just in pads for whatever reason, they just look faster or some guys just look slower. How, how, how does his track speed sort of compare to his, his football speed? Yeah, I wouldn't say he's a guy with elite, elite speed, um, but he does play pretty fast and, and I think has more than enough speed to, to get down the field quickly and, and run away from, from players in the secondary. Uh, you know, so he, he and, and even in track, he doesn't have elite times. He, he did have an 11.12 in the 100 meters this spring. So he's, he's good at track, but he's not one of these guys who, who you know, you're asking, is he going to run track in college? You know, that kind of thing. He's not in the 10-4, 10-5 range or anything like that. You know, Jalen Hyatt had some of those types of numbers coming out of high school. So you're not talking about a guy with Jalen Hyatt speed. This, this isn't an Arian Smith situation uh, from a few years ago where, where he's, uh, you know, super elite track times. But the fact that he runs track obviously bodes well. And if he does that, uh, you know, uh, or continues to work on his speed that way, that's that's going to continue to help him in football. I think that's why you like to see guys run track because it, it does help with speed development. And so as, as he continues to grow and add muscle and things like that, I, th- I think there's still the potential for him to to get even quicker. But he, he does show pretty good speed on the football field. So I, I think there is a lot to like about his game in that way. And, and you know, I, I say it all the time. I'm not necessarily worried about I, – I know our, our guys at 24-7 Sports value track times because – and that's partly because it's hard to get your hands on verified times aside from in track. Um, that's one of the places where you can get, you know, actual electronically timed uh, readings on guys to see how fast they are. Um, it, it's sometimes hard to get that, especially because colleges often use – um, stopwatches on on their 40s, uh, even when guys do go to camps, and not many players camp going into their senior seasons. So you don't get up to date times when you're trying to get a read on these guys' speed going into their senior seasons. In, in his case, you know you have those track times to kind of give you an idea. But I, I'm much more worried about football speed uh, when it comes to to receivers. I, I trust what I see on film more, and we've seen so many good NFL receivers over the years be guys that are not necessarily four four or four three guys. They're just good football players. And so I, I look for guys that, that can catch the ball and, and make plays after the catch and uh, get down the field and, and, and have you know, good catch radiuses and all that other stuff. And, and I think Braylon Staley is just, is just that type of football player who has more than adequate speed to be a playmaker uh, down the field, but, but is, just doesn't have that elite track time to, to kind of back that up. And, you know, again, I don't worry about that too much. So I, I think he's a, he's a plenty fast guy and has a chance to, to make plenty of plays for Tennessee. Yeah, generally speaking, a good place to start with wide receivers is catching the football. That's usually a pretty good yeah. – that's a good trait. Like if I were to list the things that I think a wide receiver needs to be good at, I think I might put catching the football first. I think that might be – that might be a pretty important one. So I think I think we're on the same page there, Ryan. That's a that's a that's a big one to get. <laughs> well, we got plenty more to discuss here uh, with this young man, uh, Braylon Staley. Uh, kind of flows off the tongue nicely, Braylon Staley. It's just a good it's a good good, good football name, and and hopefully Tennessee uh, for Tennessee's case and for this young man's case, hopefully he is a good football player. So we got plenty more to discuss about him, about Tennessee's wide receiver class, about Tennessee recruiting in general going into a really really big month, a uh, big 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 month for those types of things uh, so let's take a quick break and then circle back and get to this stuff here on the go vols 24 7 podcast hashtag ad 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from across town there at his home daycare center. We're talking about a commitment for Tennessee on this breaking news edition of the podcast. Braylon Staley, a wide receiver from the state of South Carolina, a top 247 prospect, a uh, a big, uh, big-time player for Tennessee. A young man who had plenty of good offers, could have gone lots of places. He is going to Tennessee, and if he's a wide receiver, you can understand why a place like Tennessee uh, would be of interest to him and and why he would would want to do that. we got plenty more to discuss about him, about the class in general, about wide receivers specifically. Um, But before we do all that, just a quick, quick reminder, uh, request, if you will. If you could go in there and take about a minute out of your day, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. We really would appreciate it if you're just listening for free right there at GoVols247.com. There's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely no right, wrong way to consume this podcast. What helps us out the most, though, is if you go in there, rate, review, and subscribe, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world, you can cast the fine pod. You can find this GoVols247 podcast. We do this for free. We're happy to do it. It's a labor of love, but since we're doing it for free, don't think it's too much to ask to go do those things and help us out. Please, 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 if you're already doing that stuff, thank you. We love you. If not... I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Ryan, getting back to the business at hand here, you mentioned this a little bit in the first segment that Tennessee would like to take in the neighborhood of four wide receivers in this class. Obviously, Tennessee does not have four wide receivers right now. We know uh, some of the biggest of the big fish Tennessee's trying to get there. Mike Matthews, we all know that one. Uh, where else is Tennessee looking at wide receiver, and, and do you think Tennessee can get to that number that it wants to get to without having to reach on some guys? Yeah, that, that that's the the emphasis there, and I think with the transfer portal, it's so easy to 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 pass on doing that to not to not reach and take a player that you're just not convinced is ever going to be an impact player for you, because you can always go to the transfer portal, and we know that Tennessee has done that the past few years at wide receiver. You know, getting guys like Brew McCoy, like Dante Thornton, even even back in the Jeremy Pruitt era, getting Bayless Jones. Uh, you know, they they've had to continue to go to the transfer portal to provide some depth. At wide receiver, um, you know, you know, Javante Payton for that matter. So that it's it's been kind of a, a, a yearly thing here the past few years, and, and Tennessee needs to, I think, ideally get out of that routine 
But if you're if you're coming up a little bit short of what you need at that position, and their numbers are a little bit thinner at that position than I think they would like uh, going into this season, not really deep on scholarship players at all at this point. So I, I think you would prefer to to go to the transfer portal uh, to to add to that position if you come up short. But I, I don't think you want to be in a position where you feel you're forcing the issue. So you know, as we go into the month of July, and we'll see how things shake out with Mike Matthews, with Amari Jefferson, the top in-state target. Um, th- those guys, we should have some some clarity on that situation by maybe the end of July or at least you know the middle of August if, if Amari Jefferson takes things into August. Um, but th- those guys are, are coming to coming to decisions in the next several weeks, and and those are kind of the big ones that we know will be done by the summer. And then the other one that's still out there, probably into the fall, is five star Ryan Wingo out of St. Louis. So those big names are kind of out there for Tennessee. But the real question is. If they have to go much beyond that group, who who's still in play? You know, it doesn't look like they're um, making as strong of a push for Terrell Anderson out of North Carolina, coming off his official visit to Knoxville last weekend. Um, so, so Tennessee's going to you know kind of keep looking around, I think, and see what else they can can get at that position. They've pursued some other guys, but not that many ended up visiting uh, Tennessee officially during the month of June. So uh, it, it, that might be a situation that plays out into the fall, and and we have seen them find guys in the fall or circle back to guys that they saw in camp in June and offer them going into the fall or, or after they see a game or two of film during the season. So I think there are s- still some options out there like that, either guys who Tennessee has offered and they could circle back to a little bit more or guys that they still could offer that they have yet to offer to this point. So there, there still might be some other options there. I don't think they're just hoping to go three for three on those, on those big names, uh, Matthews, Wingo and Jefferson, because that's, that's generally going to be pretty hard in this day and age. To, to, to go for a clean sweep like that. But uh, but this is why getting Braylon Staley was so important because there weren't a lot of names that looked like realistic options among their top targets going into the second half of June. And, and Staley looked like a good possibility, so they, they really needed him. And so I think it's a much better situation now. But, you know, there's a chance Tennessee could come up short of four depending on how things play out. And, and we'll just have to see, I think, probably in the fall with Wingo and other, other possible options that they might pursue what, how that how that all shakes out, but they need to go. Um, they need to at least get one of Mike Matthews and Amari Jefferson. That is that is hugely important to this class, and, and really with where Tennessee stands, I think fans are probably going to be a little bit disappointed if they don't go two for two with those guys. That's a tough position to be Ooh, in. Yeah, that's I, tough. That's a tough ask, Ryan. I, I but I think that's that's kind of where Tennessee is, and where where fans' expectations have been coming out of their official visits last weekend. So we'll we'll see how that goes, but. Tennessee battling Alabama for Amari Jefferson, battling Clemson and USC, depending on who you talk to, maybe a different answer there on which might be the bigger threat to Tennessee. But I think Tennessee, as of right now, in the best shape with Mike Matthews, but still got to get that one to the finish line, and it's not over yet. Um, so they, they they need to close on at least one of those guys, if not both, to for this receiver class to be in good shape. If you get both, I think there'll be a lot of optimism going into the fall that even if you come up short there, you've got three pretty good ones. But if you come up short there this summer and only go into the season with two receiver commitments, then it gets a little bit tougher and you're probably looking at, okay, we need to find a third somewhere just because we've got to get some numbers of that position. That's interesting that, that, that you said what you said about not wanting to rely on the portal for receivers, because I think I do completely understand what you're saying there. My sort of quick counter argument to that would be Tennessee the past couple of years has sort of gotten some of the bigger names out there at wide receiver in the portal and the way Tennessee plays offense 
I think between that and the decent, you know, NIL collective Tennessee's got going on, Tennessee seems to be pretty positioned with that hypo offense to to kind of pluck guys from the portal uh, at wide receiver on a at least a fairly consistent basis. So I, I don't know that it bothers me as much necessarily. But then again, you're the guy who covers recruiting for us and know more about it than I do. So I'm probably in the wrong on this. I would just think, of course, in, in a normal situation, you would rather do it from classic recruiting because you just would because that's just the easiest way uh, to do things. Not that it's easy, but it's easier uh, than, than the alternative. Um, but I just think the way Tennessee, what it can offer right now, they they seem to be getting these portal guys at wide out for a reason. Yeah, there, there's something to be said for that. No no question. I, I guess the the bigger question might be, can you can you keep up this streak without having some misses? You know, that, that yeah. would be one concern is can you – can you always get a plug-and-play guy the way they kind of have the past few years with Javante Payton and Brew McCoy, and now it looks like Dante Thornton will be that type as well? Can can you get that type of guy that you can count on as a starter out of the transfer portal without having a miss? And can you continue to win those battles with with NIL being you know obviously such a big factor in, in recruiting these days? It is it is harder sometimes, and 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 often you know, requires more more resources to be allocated in the transfer portal. Than, than maybe they would for for a player coming out of high school, so that that becomes a concern too. So uh, I, I think there are multiple reasons you'd like to develop your own guys ideally, and just just take them out of high school, and and they just need to get the numbers up right now. Even if that means taking taking a couple out of the portal this this offseason, I wouldn't think that's ideal. But they, they it's gotten to the point where they they just need some numbers. They didn't sign a very big receiver class in the twenty twenty three class. Uh, they, they've got to start to change that this year. So I think they'll 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 try to certainly focus on getting those numbers up, even if they do come up a little bit short of four in the 2024 class. Right. Before we get out of here, j- just in, in general, um, and, and this answer could go any number of different ways because it's that type of, uh, uh, it's that time of the year where I think people who know recruiting, especially know that July is just such a critical year. You know, you kind of got another, you, you, you just, it seems like a lot of pieces fall in place then before sort of the window opens up again. And before, uh, guys really kind of start focusing on some of their high school senior seasons or junior seasons or, or whatever it is. It, it just seems like for whatever reason, you would know better than I would, things tend to move quickly in July. It seems like a lot of big players come off the board in July. Uh, it doesn't mean that you have to do it that way, but it just seems like that's usually when a lot of it happens. Uh, how big of a month could July be for Tennessee? How big of a month does it need to be for Tennessee? Yeah, those are good questions because I think it's it's going to be a big month most likely. Uh, and if it, if it's not a big month, then probably some things have gone wrong, or some players who are planning to make decisions have have decided to wait a little bit longer than, than Tennessee would like. Um, but yeah, it's set up to be a pretty big month for Tennessee, and that's kind of been the trend over the past few years. I think part of that uh, is because of a few years ago, I guess about five years ago now, they added the spring official visit window where where you can take official visits now, April through June. Can't take them in July, even though things open back up for one week of visits at the end of July. Those all have to be unofficial visits, but you can take those official visits during the spring. And so the month of June has become the big visit month. The month of July it has become kind of the big commitment month, even though we've already seen some commitments in June, including some that Tennessee has obviously gotten. So yeah. um, it, it is one of those situations where it, it's just sort of a result of the recruiting calendar changes and also the early signing period that a lot of guys just want to get out of the way and schools want to get it out of the way and make, make no mistake. A lot of this is schools wanting to get some certainty in their recruiting classes, but it's gotten to the point where 
High school coaches like the idea of players having committed before their senior season, so recruiting doesn't kind of get in the way and, and be a and serve as a distraction during the season. It just sort of works for a lot of people to do it that way. So it's become one of these deals where if you don't have 75 or 80% of your class locked up by this, the end of the summer, you feel like you're behind and you've got a little bit more work to do than you would like going into the season. So uh, I think that's where Tennessee is kind of looking to be, and it would be a bit of a surprise and and maybe a disappointment if Tennessee's not at 20 plus commitments, probably going into say the uh, at least going into football season, you know, we'll see about the timing of some of these commitments, but a lot of guys are at least talking about late July, mid July, even early July, potentially decisions to where if Tennessee doesn't get, you know, another, another five or six guys, at least by the end of July, um, that, that probably means something has gone wrong. Yeah. And uh, that's certainly not what, what anybody wants. And, and, and you wonder now if Tennessee is in a position where you don't want to say pressure guys, because if you pressure somebody to make a commitment, I think that's probably less of a commitment to stick anyway. You want it to, to be where everyone's on the same page. And Tennessee staff doesn't normally seem to be the type that, you know, uh, sort of applies the gas and the pressure in that way and says, hey, commit now or you're losing it. Like they don't seem to do that quite a lot so I, I just I, I wonder but now last question I got Ryan is Tennessee in a better position now to maybe even if it's sort of gradually or sort of tenderly sort of still sort of force the issue now because of they know they're offering a, 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 a more guaranteed product than they were the past few years uh, you know, uh, this staff's MO doesn't seem to be as much about pressuring guys. I think most of the summer commitment talk has come naturally from a lot of these guys. So with the players who will commit this month, you know, I don't think you have to apply any pressure. I think they uh, I think I think it'll just sort of come there naturally. But, yeah, some people did wonder, you know, other teams got official visitors to commit while they were there or coming out of official visit weekends. Why didn't Tennessee? I think part of that comes from from Tennessee not forcing the issue. And some of that comes from from Tennessee, you know, not not maybe being in. Uh, each player's recruitment is different. And some players, you you have a read on a player. What, oh, okay, we don't need to try to play that this way with this kid. It might it might really turn him off and, and make him want to go elsewhere. And you don't want to – you can't do that that way with everybody. So it, it's just sort of how this staff tends to recruit. But that doesn't mean that you know Tennessee could have gotten some guys last month and, and just didn't because they didn't press for them. It's just uh, you know each, each player's situation is different. And, and yeah, they're, again, they appear to be positioned pretty well for some guys that we know will announce in July. Braylon Russell, the four-star running back out of Arkansas, scheduled to announce on July 14. Um, we, we know that the the scheduled announcement for Elijah Rushing, the five-star edge rusher out of Arizona, is scheduled for Thursday. That one looks like it won't go Tennessee's way as of right now. We think uh, Oregon might be the favorite there, but he did take an official visit to Tennessee last weekend. So that's still at least one to track for now, and we'll see if we hear anything different. So the, the, the ball starting to roll a little bit. There, there will be more uh, commitment dates announced, I'm sure, in the coming days and weeks. Some, some guys who might be closing in on decisions in the next week or two. So definitely stay tuned. It's that time of year. A lot of visits have happened. Now it's time for these guys to make decisions, and I think you'll see plenty more activity over the next few weeks. And I think we will leave it there for now. I, I, I'm starting to think that uh, we will have a lot more breaking news uh, podcast potentially here in the next month. So why don't you uh, go get a little bit of rest for now, Ryan? Appreciate the time, man. So thanks a lot, Wes. Appreciate it. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you 
Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker, 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee, 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan, 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown, 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247, where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball, nobody, and I mean nobody covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, You also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys.